Would you like to connect with experienced finance and accounting professionals for mentorship and career advice? Do you want to hear how the leaders in your profession got where they are now? Are you looking for a networking space, especially for the finance and accounting community? Then FEI Engage is the place for you. FEI Engage is the only community and content hub focused strictly on finance and accounting. It gives you access to the wisdom and experience of long-tenured professionals so you can make savvy decisions about your future. Visit www.financialexecutives.org forward slash FEI hyphen engage or click on the link in this episode's show notes to learn more. This is Olivia Berkman, and welcome to How I Got Here. In this episode, I spoke with Judy Wright, CFO at BTM Global, about leaving China and starting over in the U.S., burning out, and how she gives back to early career finance and accounting professionals. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Hi, Judy. Thanks for joining me. Hi, Olivia. Thank you for having me here. So I would love for you to start with uh, an introduction. Tell us a little bit about where you grew up and your path to um, undergraduate. Perfect. Um, So my name is Judy Wright, and I am born and raised in China. So I uh, had my undergraduate, you know, to be relevant to this topic, I had my two undergraduate in China. My first undergraduate was in accounting. And my second undergraduate is actually English. <laughs> uh, that was one of the key pieces where, you know, how I moved here because I learned English and I moved here to start a family. But to start with my undergraduate, you know, relate to my profession today, um, when I finished my uh, undergraduate uh, with accounting, I started to work in China as a professional accounting profession. And uh, I worked about five or six years there, uh, really moving from a bottom up, you know, learn from the basic, <laughs> you know, um, APA or an apparel and, uh, and moving to the general accounting side and become manager before I moved here. Um, when I moved here, I would actually, you know, did not think, you know, that the Chinese part of the accounting would be, you know, be useful for American side of, because they are very different. Um, but in a reality, I found that was actually really a good use of the knowledge, and they're largely and very similar. So that was the good discovery. And while I moved here and uh, started my career, you know, start all, all over again, of course. <laughs> um, but you know, those experience in China, those education in China, absolutely helped me to have a jump start. You know, even though I had to start all over again from bottom up, but it, it is it is a great experience. It was the base, um, the skills and working with a team, you know, learning and the experience as a, from bottom up as a learning journey absolutely helped me jumpstart my career and uh, as a accounting finance professional uh, when I was starting to work in the U.S. 
So tell me about what prompted you to move to the U.S. And you talked a little bit about Chinese accounting versus American accounting. What were some of the significant differences that you did notice? And and in what ways was it easier than maybe you thought? Yeah, I think I moved here because of personal life changes. And, uh, you know, I built a family here and uh, my ex-husband was American. So I built a family with him. And when I moved here, um, you know, when I discovered, you know, from the accounting side, and accounting side actually pretty uh, similar, largely, you know, very, very close. Um, the big difference is in the tax stage. You know, the tax, the two absolutely dramatic, different system tax. And um, so, yeah, in that side, from that side, I spend quite a bit of time really catching up and learning, um, you know, not only from the federal level, but from the state level. You know, that's quite complicated from what I experienced in China. Um, but as far as accounting side, you know, we still have you know, T-chart, you know, when we're debits and credits and uh, assets and liabilities in the equity side. And those are same. Those are absolutely the same way. Uh, so learning from the accounting and the basics of those things, absolutely, you know, I would say 99% transferred to here and a very good use of it. Um, really, I did not really find much of difference as far as, the, you know, the, those basics and the gap absolutely have different rules, you know, U.S. gap compared with the Chinese gap. Um, but I would say, you know, the, it, it, it's like, a, you know, U.S. gap versus, uh, you know, international uh, fin- financial standard in RFRs. They are different in certain areas, but still as in general, I would say um, we can navigating in, you know, largely in the differences, but still keep the book going with those basic accounting principles. So you mentioned that you had moved to the U.S. for personal reasons, and uh, you had shared with me last time we spoke about, um, you know, when you had your your first child and what that was like for you, uh, trying to figure out your career. You are at a really intense, critical stage of your career. Uh, tell me a little bit about that time, how yeah. you navigated that, what you learned from it, and kind of maybe what you tell others who are in the same stage of life. Yeah, yeah. That's a very critical part of my life change, you know, I would say. Uh, when I moved over here in the first year, you know, because, you know, you get prepared for, you know, um, to be legal and working. There's a, you know, process to be done. And then, you you know, you worry about what my knowledge, my education cannot be transferred. You know, that was taking a significant time to navigate, you know, not only the culture change and life changes, you know, it's all through to you at the same time, you know. So at that time, I just decided for the first year, I just really to learn the culture, to learn how to adapt my life because you can't get everything ready at one time. You have to, you have to get yourself comfortable. You know, um, you know. I would say this is the same thing with anyone. If you your life changes, first thing, you know, this is the like you know life advice <laughs> get get you familiar about your environment get to know people get to know the culture 
trying to adapt, you know, from one, you know, two different countries, two different significant cultures. Those are the life shock to you, you know, shock your system. You know, food is different. How are you navigate that, you know? Um, and you're going to have a homesick, you know, you spend a significant time, you know, with your home country, all of a sudden you move to complete new country, have no family around, how you how you navigate that? So that's emotional side you have to learn to adapt. So I spent a, a you know first year really to get to know people, building you know uh, friendship with people here, um, learning the culture, learning the food, and um, at the same time just trying to see what are the opportunities. You know what can I do? Um, you know I did a first year. Uh, you know teach Tai Chi <laughs> as side job. <laughs> I learned, you know, what I do uh, learn in China. I was uh, at the side and doing Tai Chi practice. And uh, I learned that those are one of the areas, you know, you build friendship with people, you get to know people. And uh, that was uh, one of the small things I did, you know, make some small money, and but get to know people, <laughs> uh, really build friendship. So, yeah, that's one thing. And uh, at the same time, I thought, you know, building a profession is not easy. So I just focused on building life. So first year, I was like, okay, me and my husband just said, let's have a family. And we had our child and only child in the first year. Um, after my daughter was born and I really started thinking, you know, how we how I can help to build this family? You know, we need... We need to be financially independent, you know, because that was a challenge at the time. <laughs> so I was starting to look into my profession. That's where I started to looking for opportunities. You know, and to be honest, when I first, you know, I did not think I could, you know, have accounting side of career. I actually started just like, okay, this, how about it? Just go work at a restaurant and start a dishwasher. Nobody even want to hire me, <laughs> ironically. So I was like, okay, if that did not work, what else can work? I mean, even the lowest, it was the lowest job, nobody wants to do, don't even want me. What can I do? So I have to be just looking for my profession, what I know. And I found some temp agency in a for accounting jobs. And I reached out to them and just talk about my experience. They were willing to actually help me, and uh, and uh, I just started from some temporary job, part-time job as the you know the the entry-level accountant, and uh and I found that you know the what I learned, what I did in China actually was very useful, and I can quickly pick it up, and I did the temp job for a good of you know six months period before I landed my first full-time job. What you know the the thing what I learned in my career is be open-minded. While you are doing your job, you learn, and you trying to see what, what are my next step going to be. Don't wait. When you're doing your job, you're looking and preparing, planning for future. And I think the most valuable lesson for myself and how I grew to be here today is really, um, you know, have a plan. Have a short-term plan. Have a long-term plan. You know, your short-term plan always leads to your long-term plan. And that has to be really tied together. Um, I think I'm really, uh, you know, my success, I really, I, I that's contribute to, 
I, I plan in those, you know, with a realistic, you know, how can a realistic achieve? You cannot make a plan that cannot be achievable, then that, of course, you won't make it, right? So really, and I think when I was doing my part-time job, I was thinking about, okay, I don't want to be part-time job all the time because that's not stable. That does not give me the benefits. Or, you know, I need uh, security. I need benefits. I need Medicare, you know, health insurance. All those benefits come to me. Or 401k, right? I'll think about the future. Um, so I was being really mindful and doing that and that was leading to my full-time job, and uh, I was I was fortunate and blessed. One I would call myself. I was hired as a, a, a private company, and I was an assistant to the controller. It was a pretty big title at the time, you know. Um, I think it largely contributed, you know, my experience as an accounting manager when I was in China. When I did interview with the owner of this uh, private company. And I told the owner, I said, this is what I did. This is how I can do. I was a manager, although I was in China, but I know this will be this will be the same because based on my part-time experience, and I think this is this experience can be you know transferred to this full-time job. And I think, you know, based on my experience and my confidence, I believe in myself, I was hired for that position. So that was the, a jump start. I was a really a jump start. You know, my my experience in a really uh, to advise you know future you know young career professionals and uh, is believe in yourself. You know, have a confidence in you. Um, have confidence in you doesn't mean you don't learn. You will continue to learn things, right? But believe in yourself. Have a goal that's really help you to navigate in your future. Um, the other piece I want to say is uh, help me was at. You know, down the road a few years, I realized uh, with my undergraduate, it's not enough. If I want to continue to grow professionally, I need to learn more. So, uh, you know, when my daughter was about two years, I decided I want to pursue my uh, master's degree MBA at, uh, you know, one of the most famous business school here in Minnesota. And when I decided to pursue my master's degree, I had a thought, I want to be in the best business school because those will give me the best experience. So I searched a top two business school here in Minnesota. And, uh, you know, say one is that, and the second was like, can I financially afford, right? I have to manage my personal finance. So that was the, the choice I made. And, uh, in between the business schools. <laughs> so I have to be financially okay to to pay for that because there's nobody supporting me. I have to pay for that. And uh, for the student loan and going through all everybody else, like everybody else here, you know, unless your parents pay for your <laughs> education, but otherwise you 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 self-finance, right? Through through student loan. So that was my journey and uh, um, study MBAs at uh, St. Thomas here in Minnesota. Um, um, I was focused on the finance side because, you know, my goal was to continue to grow. Um, at, at the same time, when I finished my finance and I realized if I want to be, and one day I envision myself to be at the top, and I realized, you know, you, I look at what those top officers, what their criteria, what those qualifications, I, I quickly realized there are, a lot of those requires MBA and a CPA, which I don't have. And 
in order to qualify for CPA, I have to have a qualified, you know, credits, you know, uh, undergraduate in accounting. Unfortunately, my, my, you know, credits in China couldn't transfer. And, and I decided I continue study, you know, my MBA in accounting set in order to fulfill the requirement of the credit in order to sit for CPA exam. So I took another year to get a, another side of the accounting. So I had a double major in the MBA finance and accounting, which is really good. You know, I had a thorough study for, you know, both sides. And I think that's really helped me, you know, become a, a very, very solid person in, in, in both sides to prepare me as of today and uh, as a finance officer. Um, so after I finished my, uh, you know, accounting side of MBA study, I was able to sit for exam, for CPA exam. I would say C- CPA exam was the hardest time of my period. And the degree of intense study and um, and partially probably because I already spent three and a half years as a working professional, full-time working professional, and uh, at even study for MBAs and a uh, mom for a young child. It's really, really hard. I would say I get up at six o'clock earliest time. I go to bed at one o'clock every single day for three and a half years in the study MBA. And then took another year to see through CPA. CPA is not one o'clock, two o'clock is very normal to, to study because you have, I have to, can put my child into bed and then study. Um, and the CPA have four parts. I took a, each quarter, take one part. So that kind of intense and a stress because, you know, if you don't pass, you you can't go forward, you know, and the CPA has the expiration date for the exam. If you pass or if you fail certain one, and those ones are the time, time clock keeps rolling. So you have extra, extra stress for passing that. And I know when I passed, I, luckily I passed my CPA within one year with all four courses. And only one course I failed once and I took the next time, I took two at the same time. And, but I, I still passed all four with one year window. That was a very, very intensive time period. And I, I was say, I started until I want to rock. <laughs> But, you know, I would say no, no pain, no gain, and, um, and nothing, no success without coming with cost, costs. It's not a cost, cost. So the cost of our diligent work and our work hard and to making time for that and also cost of our family. The family who's supporting our success, my child without me spending time with her and the child, those five years, five, six years of me studying, my child lost all those, uh, my, you know, her time with me. You know, that's literally the cost. As a mom, you know, I would say, you know, we are professional, but at the same time, we are also human beings. I'm as a mom, you know, to my only child. I would never make back those periods. You know, she she always remembered, you know, her childhood. My mom always working, studying. So I can never, never get those time back. So it's a cost. Right. Not only my physical cost of study, my emotional, you know, stress 
but also me as a you know as a mom you know had a at a cost of my child you know let alone my husband the time without me you know mm-hmm. as a wife you not know, spend time with him so they're all causes towards to family so I just want you know my advice to anyone you know go through this journey and be aware all this surrounding us they are the cause of our success unfortunately and so be really care you know now I'm looking back you know do be really care do loving appreciate be grateful for their their support and our success was was without their support mm-hmm. yeah a lot of sacrifices along the way yeah. um we talk you know it sounds like when you were juggling all of that uh your mba the cpa exam um you're sort of starting from the bottom and you have a very small child at home mm-hmm. um we could definitely say that you were at least on the verge of burning out. If not, you were burnt out. Um, what kinds of things did you do to keep yourself moving forward, keep yourself motivated and keep yourself sane? Like you mentioned um, Tai Chi. Is that something that you were practicing yourself at that time and anything else that helped you keep it together? I think it for me is a determination, yeah. you know, I was just determined, you know, I want to, I want, this is what I want, my profession, you know, that is my goal. I just wasn't going to give up. You know, I was uh, taking, you know, of course, at the cost of others, you know, now you look back, right? My child, at the cost of my child, spend time with me, my husband spend time with me. And, um, but I wasn't really determined to, to get to what I really make me feel my profession can get to, you know, believing myself, I can uh, grow to the top and it takes certain steps to get there. Those steps are necessary. And, uh, and I know those are necessary steps and I was just determined to pull it through. And I, as you mentioned, the burnout, you know, as I finished my CPA, I was like, okay, I can do CMAs. You know, after all those five, six years study, I couldn't do another day. And when I was studying, and I tried, you know, I was trying to get my second, you know, certificate for CMA destination. And I realized, I'm like, no, I can't. You know, I cannot continue sacrificing my family. You know, I'm con- completely burned. It's, it's, not, it's not like a CMA is so much harder than CPA. They're similar, right? And uh, if you would think, you know, you would imagine I spent a whole one year of CPA. I had a, such a good base. To go through CMA, and but it's not. It's just you don't have that kind of uh, energy left in you to continue study. It's not you don't have the knowledge. You don't have the energy to continue the stress. If the stress is so much, you just can't do it. You know, I will say well, this is one of the great lessons. You know, for me to tell everybody, it's like you have to have that awareness when to stop and aware of your mental health and aware that everything surrounding us, you know, don't put us into absolutely a downward slope. When to stop is critical to our success in the future too. So we, I, at that time, I know I can't do it. So I just put a stop. I'm like, I'm going to stop. I'm going to grow out of my work to really use what I learned to 
better myself, to better the work, better the work around me, better to our team, to building everything I can, you know, through different progress. I don't need a more of an educational side, you know, intensive regimen. You know, learning is always needed. As a, you know, finance accounting profession, we always, we have to learn. Continual education is so important to us because things change all the time. We have to keep up with it. But the intensive study doesn't have to be all the time. <clears throat> I want to know about, uh, you talked about the temp job that you had, and then you moved into a, a, your first full-time job. What was the job that you took after the temp job? And then tell me about your path to eventually yeah. becoming CFO. Yeah. So... When I first got, uh, so after my temp job and I got my first full-time job uh, as assistant to the controller, I actually only worked there about a year because um, my company had uh, uh, made a strategic error and that had devastating to the business, impact to the business. So we had to lay off 50% of people at the time. And I know what exactly going on. And so I was one of the person getting laid off. Um, and I was offering for no pay because the owner and my boss and offering no pay to stay. And I was offering and my boss told me, said, you didn't know, you have a young child, you can't do that. You know, I, I can, but you cannot. You know, you just, I can't let you do this. So, you know, I was really appreciated. So I moved on and I quickly find another um, corporate job. Um, you know, when I was looking for a different job and I was mindful, you know, because any job, you know, had to be correlated to what I think I, my future is going to be, how that job can help me to continue to grow. The time I moved into a corporate job and the uh, private company had 12 branches across the country and, and across the overseas. And I thought that was a great, you know, opportunity to learn from a small private company to a uh, bigger private company who has multi-locations of branches all over the state. Um, I was actually managed three different uh, locations as a branch controller and also uh, manage a consolidation for the corporation. So I worked for corporate controllers and also managed three different branches. That was a great experience exposure for me to look at, you know, how to manage the, the bigger level, big like uh, uh, corporations, you know, working with the different entities uh, and then global consolidations um, for the U.S. side, you know, for the U.S., you know, corporation, private corporation. Um, and I worked there for about two years until my previous, you know, employer come back to me, say, hey, Judy, we really like you in a, we like you to come back work for us again. And uh, we will offer you a controller title. So that was kind of, uh, you know, I couldn't say no to it. It's such a great opportunity for me to move in, you know, uh, from the current position, you know, because my current position is the branch controller plus the corporate accountant um, to a full controller title and at a private company of course it's smaller but that would be a, a good from from a career base you know when people moving 
positions or from career changes, you know, title does matter in some degree. And uh, what do you do matters, right? So what do you manage as a controller? You manage a whole spectrum of uh, uh, areas. That gave me some more uh, opportunity to learn. So I have different area to learn. And as a controller, you you manage the overall company. And uh, other than the CFO, of course, we have different roles, but manage the technical side, of, a lot of technical side of the oversight. So I decided to move, move back to with my pre- previous employer. And, uh, you know, I worked there for another seven years, you know, with my previous control, uh, previous uh, uh, employer, you know, a little bit less than seven years, close to, um, until the towards the end of uh, my relationship with my um, previous employer, and I just thinking, you know, because I can't continue to grow within same organization because we have a CFO. If I want to move on and continue my profession challenge, and I have to change, you know. Um, so that was when I decided to looking for different opportunity. And when my current employer had this position open, and I decided to give a shot. <laughs> and and it was a CFO position. And um, and it's, the title at the time was the VPO Finance, you know. Um, but it's doing the same as I'm doing, similar to now, and a different title. Um so I decided to give a try, and uh, during the interview process, I was actually, you know, competing against the four uh, CFOs, seasonal CFOs, and I think the interview was uh, quite uh, extraordinary. And I wasn't at the top, but was 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 the interview one of the critical conversation with the owner, with my boss. The CEO at the time had a completely change you know, his idea and his view of me as a person. And I was hired and um, at the time. And now look back, I'm, I'm at a BTM Global for seven years since then, you know, ever since the in- interview and the rest is all history. And of course, my title moved from VPO Finance to CFO today. Um, um, this past year, and um, so that's kind of uh, you know professional changes in the journey. You know, you earn a trust. You know, I always say, you know, I think this was a key of during my interview with my boss at the time. It's the it's the trust. It was the trust. It was a conversation I told him, my boss, and being honest. And being open-minded, being being really um, showing that, and I can be a trust person, and I can learn, and um, and I can grow with the team. That really earned his his first view of me as a person, and trust me. You know, given you know, given a trust to a stranger, and to to working as your you know, your your highest position in the finance department, it wasn't easy, right? So that connection, that conversation really earned his first image of trust. That was a critical turn. So I my advice to any young professional is like, be true to yourself, you know, to be honest, you know, um, 
and the trust is earned. <laughs> Nobody give you ultimate trust without you being honest and to tell them, I have to earn your trust. That was the key words I earned his trust at the beginning and has to show every step of you know my work along the years and I will earn your trust and to be your honest officer. Mm-hmm. And I know that you're a mentor Judy, to probably many, um, do you think that it helps that you went, went through the experience of <clears throat> starting from scratch and building your career in China and then, um, or like learning accounting in China, and then you come to the U.S. and you have to have to start from scratch for a second time. Do you think that those two experiences really help you relate to, I imagine it helps you relate to people who are earlier in their career because you went through it really two times. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So the mentorship, I got involved largely involving with the people of color, uh, underserved communities. And I, I can't, I can't really feel, you know, how they, you know, really think about themselves. You know, um, of course, I wasn't grew up in a blue color family. I actually grew up in a, a middle class family in China, so I couldn't really and relate to them in a blue color family. But I can relate to them, and I'm over here just because I grew up in a middle class family. I grew, I can't move back here. I had nothing. Because I did not bring my family wealth <laughs> with me and being comfortable. And I started with nothing with uh, my husband. You know, we are, we are really poor at the time. And um, I was determined I'm going to build, you know, with my husband at the time and to build from nothing. We were on the food stamp, you know, at the time. And <laughs> I would go to the bookshelf to get food, you know. Um, at our marriage at the early time and uh, my child he grown up he's he grown up with uh, the clothes and anything from the garage sale to goodwill so i'm not ashamed to say that it is okay to go through that so i can understand some of the people you know grew up with blue class uh um uh, families and they they did not have that image of like what is this finance world look like because they're surrounded, their family, their relatives are working class. And to to be scared, to be annoying, you know, what are their future going to be? So that was really my intent to be there and talk to them, say, yes, you can make it, you know. And I made it. I came here. I, I lived through the food stamp. I lived through the food shelf, you know. I, I lived through the subsidies, you know, subsidies I can get. I bought the cheapest food in the market. That's okay. You know, this is nothing to be ashamed about. It's, it's everything to be proud because you get, you get, you get what people can help you. When you need help, you ask for help. But when you are better, now it's my turn to return to, to give now, to give what I learned to those people, to really empower them, to encourage them, to make them to feel they are deserved, they're capable, they're hopeful, and there's a future for them. That is why my drive to do this mentorship over and over, although it's really challenging at times, you know, sometimes it's frustrating, you know, because 
you need a lot of help from other people because I cannot do this alone. There's a lot of people, a lot of people, a lot of students, a lot of professionals needed help. I just couldn't do it alone. And I, I, I just going out, you know, I'm finding people from our, you know, members, FBI members to help them out, from corporate members. Then I go out to network with communities. It is, it is a journey. And this journey is going to be long. And because you cannot solve this just by doing once. And the, the, the issue is still there. And this is, uh, is going to be, you know, a long haul. And I'm going to do as long as I am alive. <laughs> well, I'm sure that you have changed the lives of so many. Um, and I just really thank you for being so vulnerable and honest in our conversation, because I think that you, a lot of people listening are going to relate to your story. And um, I just love that you are so proud of the hard work that you put in. And uh, again, being honest about the sacrifices that you made uh, and <clears throat> really the reality of how much work is required to reach the heights that you have. Uh, and always important to remember the people who support along the way Absolutely. and and try our best to achieve balance as impossible as that can feel sometimes, right? Absolutely. One of the uh, other recommendations I would say is really to build your network. Mm. Networking is so important. Mm -hmm. uh, network is not only professional network, and uh, I would say volunteering. Mm. Volunteering is a such such a great opportunity for you to meet people and at the same time just make you a better person you know mm -hmm. you learn to care about other people because as a professional we cannot just be like we're good at work we have to show our humanity we have to show our caring we have to show our love right you build a great team you be a successful leader you are very impassioned person, you have empathy for other people, you are very compassionate about. Mm -hmm. And that will make you a great leader because people love to work for you. They know not only you are good at technical, they know you are a good person, you are a loving person. Those will take you farther, further along mm -hmm. and as a leader and just, just make you a great person, not just a leader, a great person. Mm -hmm. And I think just to tie it back to that interview that you had to become the, to eventually become the CFO, I'm sure that that humanity in you and that kindness in you came through. And ultimately, that's what brought you to the top of the candidate pool um, because of the authenticity and vulnerability that you were bringing in, in the interview. So it's very important for people to think about that, um, that it's not always going to be your technical skills, your um, pedigree. It's going to be, you know, the person that you are, the way that you Absolutely. show up. Absolutely. One of the things, the other thing I would say as a reminder, as you know, as we rise up to the top, right? Mm -hmm. And to be the easy to approach person will make you further along, right? Don't be the person high, unattainable, unapproachable. Be the person go down, okay? Go down to the same level, mm -hmm. same level as other people. 
that makes you greater. That makes you most respectful leader. You know, you want people to respect you, trust you, go down. Don't stay on the high. Stay on the high is a very lonely place. Come down to join people, to surrounded by people. It's a very happy place. Well, Judy, thank you so much for doing this with me. I really appreciate your time and I had a great time uh, speaking with you. My pleasure. Thank you for inviting me.